hey everybody you, this is not the way that i start this and i'm sorry hold on <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody this is armando torres and you're listening to the show before the show and i'm confused but also Paige wesley <laughs> and with us we have more confusion yay it look it's a good episode but it was uh you know it broke my brain a little bit at the end especially Mm -hmm. with that twist ending i mean oh my god it turns out that darth vader was 12 tribes father the whole time i know can you believe we dropped the credits at 30 minutes into this episode (laughs) that's only a joke for a handful of you watch cool shit um yeah (laughs) yeah exactly here's the thing is uh there's an after credit scene, so make sure you stay all the way to the... No, there isn't. There isn't. It's fine. Yeah, it turns out I am Galactus. <laughs> Look, it, we did a good episode. It's the last one on 12 Tribes. Uh, you should definitely listen to it. Trigger warning for child abuse. Uh, yes. Just off top. Child workforce abuse specifically. Yeah. Um, but it is But also a good the regular kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's not good. And um, if you had a gamer dad, it's probably going to bring up some emotions for you, too. I'm just going to give you a warning (laughs) up top. I don't remember when that bit comes in. But anyway, it's a good episode. I hope you enjoy it Uh, right off top. If you want to help support the show, go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. If you want to listen to the show somewhere new, roosterteeth.com. Ka-ka-ka-ka-ka, etc. Yeah, doodle doodle do and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can download the app. You can go to their website. It's uh, all viable options. I don't know why. I, I think it's because right after we finished recording, I took a hit of weed. And mm. I am just like in my shit right now. Ooh. Ooh. Good place to be. This episode was a lot of fun. I've said that five times. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Armando Torres. And this is how I start the show before the show. Goodbye. Hello. 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 (laughs) Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships and organizations that actively recruit new members all cults might have some or all of these traits and as always these these are are our opinions. opinions Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Labor Board Violations. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> uh, Paige, speaking of labor, let me tell you, I spent a couple days with a with a, a, a stomach bug. And um I heard I about feel like this. I know what it feels like to go through labor now. Ooh, I I feel like most people are going to disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, most people are going to disagree with me. But here's the thing. Most people didn't shove nine beautiful pounds of shit out of my asshole over the last day. <laughs> well, what are you going to name it? I'm thinking of Doodoo Poopy Incorporated. <laughs> Which was what you suggested that I name a company <laughs> earlier today. Yeah, Doodoo Incorporated LLC. You could have picked so many things. Shitmathy? Like, <laughs> I mean, you just didn't even try. Did not even Shitmathy Chardelay. Yeah, yeah, Shitmathy Chardelay. <laughs> That's what it is. Shitmathy Chardelay is the name of my poop baby. I really loved him in Poon. oh man oh yeah my butthole feels like the opening of one of those worms and uh (laughs) i'm doing much better i um i'm doing fine it was honestly more vomit than poop gross yeah what'd you eat see that's the thing is that like um what i ate was 
a Two block sl- of cheese alone <laughs> in my apartment. No. And then I just I've... snorted some lactate, but it turns out that's not how that works. No, I've learned my lesson, Paige. I don't do that all the time anymore. <laughs> I pick a day, I take three days off after it, and then I just go hog wild on a block of cheese. <laughs> we still have to go hog wild at Chili's. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I ate two slices of Sbarro's pizza, uh, and it was like pork products on it. And it was, you know how at a pizza place when they've sold out of most of the slices from pizza, so they just put all the leftover orphan slices onto one tray. Yes. Yeah. They got my pepperoni sausage pizza slices from a plate that also had veggie supreme, a calzone, uh, a Hawaiian pizza, a barbecue chicken pizza, and my pizza on it. So it's like not a good place to grab it from. Mm. And mm. I know what everyone says. Yeah, you're not supposed to buy the pizza slices new. You're supposed to rescue them. But here's the thing. Those rescue slices, I think they fucked me up, Paige. Mm. You think they were sitting out for too long? Yeah, I think they were just just a couple of bad apples, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, they may have sat out for too long. I also ate some halal food after that, which historically has not done well for my stomach. So that's why I was like, oh, this is food poisoning. And I tried uh, to drive to work, by the way. I, I, I drove to work and I got there and I was like, I'm going to be fine. So what? I threw up this morning. Throwing up is fine. It's just par for the course. And then I pulled over on the side of the highway, puked, still went into the office and was like, puke breath like hey does anyone want to work with me today and they were like go please go home oh man the last time when i caught salmonella i caught it from a halal place um yeah and that was brutal that was the sickest i've been in a long ass time yeah it was was... super painful too oh yes it is it is uh cramps Yes. Um, it is just like a lot of pain. That's what I'm saying. That's why I feel like I went through uh, food labor. All right. I, it's, okay. So like when I had salmonella, it was so incredibly painful that like the pain was worse than the diarrhea or anything. But it was like like <laughs> fetal position on the f- floor of the bathroom level painful. It was bad. I know what you mean, but the way you said that sounded like an emo song lyric. The pain is worse yeah. than the diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I shit my pain. Yeah, that kind of, yeah. Diarrhea, come back, Maria. You know, We've been singing about good. diarrhea for a long time in the beginning of this, what is probably going to be a pretty <laughs> serious episode. Let me have my pain. Let me tell my story, Paige. Sure, sure, sure. Only if you tattoo it across your wrists. Uh, So so you were super sick. You shat out a baby's worth of, of shat. Yeah, I uh, Shitmithy Chardelay is Shitmithy Chardelay. Beautiful. I want to say bouncing baby boy, but it just kind of plops. A so floating, floating baby boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more vomit than shit, if I'm being real. But I'm feeling good now. I can finally drink water, which I never thought was a phrase I'd have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am excited to be here to talk about <laughs> to labor. finally wrap up 12 tribes. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's been a wild couple weeks um, and I'm glad to be back. Yep. I I am glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. It is. It has been a wild couple weeks. I've got we've got some wild weeks up ahead. It's it's going to be wild. I've got some exciting stuff coming up, some exciting episodes coming up. It's going to be great. None of them yeah. have as much bread in them, though. So like, <laughs> And that's really what you care about more than anything else. So much. You're uh, always telling me, how can we get more carbs in our episode? Yo, yo, yo. Uh, you're mistaking. When I'm asking how we can make more bread, I'm talking about money, but also about oh. bread, because that's what I'm going to do with the money is buy more oh. bread. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, do we want to dive into this episode? Absolutely. All right. So a lot of our sources are similar to the last couple episodes. Uh, we have uh, an article from Deadline about a docuseries that will potentially air on the 12 Tribes later this year. We have um, the Denver Post uh, articles on the Marshall Fire, as well as the New York Times. We also have an article from the Daily Mail about the Colorado Fire as well. Add to that. 
an article from uh, The Independent, as well as the Southern Poverty Law Center study on the 12 tribes and other adjacent groups like them. We do have 12tribes.org and their list of companies that are offshoots from their brand. We also have an article from the Times Free Press uh, about the death of their founder, which we will get to at the end of this episode. Uh, we also have uh, academic articles from John M. Bozeman and Susan J. Palmer about the Northeast Kingdom Community Church of Island Pond, Vermont. We also have Children of the Tribes uh, by the Pacific Standard. We have another Daily Mail article uh, about uh, escaped members from the 12 tribes. We'll get into that a little bit today, reports from people who have left. Uh, we also have a Good.com article about Shua Jones. Uh, we'll get into that as well today. And the Inside Edition report on the undercover investigation exposing the child labor in their New York cosmetics factory compound. Are you ready? Absolutely. So I know we've been gone for two weeks, so let's do a brief recap. Eugene Spriggs, uh, a.k.a. Yonek, as he goes, and also uh, he is called the Anointed One occasionally. Yeah, and as we've covered, just like Wu-Tang rules, it's the most important thing for all cult followers to protect Yonek. Yeah, exactly. Protect Yonek. I I guess we were kind of talking about this before we recorded. I just got a text from Andrea that just says, Brandon and I watched Fresh last night. One, (laughs) it is amazing. And then I'm waiting on another one because we just talked about this. That was very fun. Anyway, we left them at their Vermont compound where they start to expand. Mm -hmm. And once was just kind of a series of cool cafes, the Yellow Deli becomes more reflective of their commune living and they start to look at how they can better leverage their greatest resource, which is people. So we have to take a moment to talk about why a lot of communes fail and why communes are kind of primed for abuse in some scenarios. Not all, and not all communes fail, and not all communes result in a cult, but there's a very frequent cult-like mentality, and it's tied to some inherent problems with the way commune living happens. So let's get into it. If you are in a commune that is centered around one person, like a cult, Mm-hmm. Cult leaders are validated by the adoration and obedience of their followers. And this can be a kind of addictive scenario. They get off on the power imbalance, and this can lead them to promote isolation because the fewer outlets that their followers have to adore and like other things, the more they direct that energy toward the leader. That promotes things that kind of turn into commune living. That's how it kind of happens. But here's the thing. Go ahead. Yeah, and just to put this in uh, easier easier words so that, like, you know, all of our blue-collar listeners understand what's going on. Um, if your cult leader got you living on a commune, <laughs> you might be a redneck cultist. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, indeed. This joke brought to you by the new Jeff Foxworthy special. On <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I've just i been seeing clips. <laughs> Back in my day, you had to come in first to win a trophy. And I was like, yeah, dude. Back in my day, you had to be the first person to tell that joke for us to give a shit about it. Slap! <laughs> um, anyway, so commune living. Now, here's the problem with commune living. It's fucking hard. It's hard work. Because you're essentially making a working farm out of fucking nothing, and you have to produce enough to feed and clothe everyone. And surprise, surprise, it takes a lot more resources than you think to feed and clothe everyone. It's not easy to do. Uh, If you're ever really curious about why this dynamic is so tough, I highly recommend watching a bunch of homesteading YouTube videos. And if you're like, Paige, that's a completely different thing. Hear me out. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the amount of work it takes to sustain the amount of food for even just one family is beyond a full-time job. It is so much work and it takes so much land. You need so much space to grow the amount of food that you can grow. There was a great Twitter thread this week of someone saying, it's amazing how many people think that the amount of space you have in one backyard could grow enough food to sustain a family for a year. It cannot. It physically cannot. And so 
that's a reality that you're dealing with. Also, the preservation and maintaining of that food and animals, if you have animals, because animals eat too. And it's this very delicate ecosystem of anything, rain, rot, bugs can offset that balance and really set you up for failure if you're not established, which is, if you watch homesteading videos, a huge thing. That's why they can so much. That's why they're so picky about the things that they save. They, The few things that they buy, they buy in bulk and they are very specific about where they spend their money because you have to be. Because otherwise, your resources run out and they run out fast. Now, Paige, uh, I hate to <laughs> kind of be the devil's advocate uh, sure. here. But I think it is possible to use a backyard to grow a farm that would sustain you and your family. Uh, especially if you focus on planting coca leaves or poppy or marijuana. <laughs> or marijuana. Uh, or if you just use coupons to buy detergent and Sudafed <laughs> in bulk. Yeah, exactly. And then you don't even need your whole backyard. You just need a shed with a good lock. Yeah, at least far enough away that it won't burn your house down when it explodes. Not if, <laughs> when. Better yet, get a Winnebago. Um, <laughs> now, is this sustainable? No, you will no. have to. You will have to kill some people, and you will be killed. But hey, yeah, uh, I'm I'm here to present the Tuco Salamanca paradox of. In attempting to not be gangsters, you're going to have to kill a bunch of gangsters. <laughs> like this is, it's not sustainable. I mean, it, it is, but it is a lot of hard work, which if you plan and prepare for that hard work, then it's possible, but it never stops being hard work. The tricky thing with a cult is that not everyone who joins a cult or joins a commune is cut out for farm life, and especially people who have never lived or worked on a farm before. Now, some people will really take to it. And this is my theory and my opinion based on some of the people that I've met in spending time at uh, Yellow Deli and their bakery. I think this is why 12 Tribes specifically targets people with either prior addiction issues, previous incarcerations, or unhoused people. Because for many of these people, a consistent place to live and work with consistent employment provides for their real-life tangible needs, and that locks them in. It makes it a lot harder for them to leave when their day-to-day -day needs are cared for in a way that they were not previously, and that forms a support system for them that the cult then abuses. Uh, many of the people I have met from 12 Tribes usually cite a prior addiction or incarceration issue. Um, in their life. I, I feel like they're kind of specifically targeting and abusing that because those are people that they think are going to take to this lifestyle the easiest because you know who doesn't take to this lifestyle as easy? Families and couples who don't have previous incarceration or addiction issues because they are too soft in a way as far as like the farm work that has to happen. Um, if you've never worked in a field for eight hours a day before, or if you've never, you know, lived in less than ideal, you know, living situations, there's going to be friction. And I think that's why they target the people they do. Yeah, I um, my grandfather was a, uh, a migrant worker for like mm -hmm. uh, he worked, I think, picking grapes and then like packaging carrots and like just basically would go wherever the work needed to be done. And uh, the best nights of sleep that he got were in these houses that were just like a one bedroom house with like 40 undocumented citizens inside or yeah. undocumented immigrants. I don't know what the, they call them now, but um, worst case was he had this pickup truck and he would just pull over near the work site and just like sleep. And uh, he did this and he just, you know, he worked, he, he loved the work. Uh, it was, it was, it provided him with money to send back home to his family. And my family told me this story of like what it was like when he would go out and work. And then uh, I was, I remembered that they told me the story because I was looking at my phone and I was like, oh, I thought I was going to get the queen bed suite at this red roof inn, but apparently all they have is like a twin bedroom. So 
think I'm gonna have to sleep in like a smaller mattress. Anyway, what were you saying about <laughs> Grand? <laughs> it always surprises me, like that. I don't know. There's things I've thought about it too, but I've also talked to people who are like, I want to go off the grid and I want to, and it's like, you have no fucking idea how hard it is to actually live that life, dog. Absolutely. Hey, as a 30, 34 year old white woman who just wants to learn how to make 12 tribes spelt sourdough, (laughs) um, I am not cut out for the lifestyle. Absolutely not. Have they tried to convert me multiple times? Yes. Do I know what it would take for me to survive off the grid? Yes. And I would have to grow a fuckload of food. Every year we plant, or at least since pandemic, so this is like three years running, we have planted tomatoes, different things outside of our apartment to use for the summer as they're growing and it's never it's like it's like a treat when we get to eat things that we grew because it's so infrequent <laughs> like yeah. the amount that we would have to plant to feed us consistently absurd um what's also yeah. good is that you're getting a very unique flavor like you know how they they say like different wines are influenced by like the way that the grapes were grown and it's mm-hmm. like mm, i can really taste the cigarette butts in this marinara sauce mm, yeah, yeah. Ooh, freeway yeah <laughs> oh it i'm getting hints gross. of crack pipe Ooh, that's exquisite <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I will say our, our tomatoes have tasted great. Our rosemary has tasted great. Our peppers have tasted great. So that's what we're planting again this year. But again, difficult to maintain. So this is where 12 Tribes gets into cult and business 101. Because even though they have families, remember they came to Vermont with a lot of families and now are converting people who previously just lived in the suburbs into hard farm work they start to separate the families out. Now, they do this differently than other groups where instead of just completely severing family ties like a lot of cults will do, they will separate them out based on their living or working situation. So in some cases, your family might stay together, but they get organized into larger living pod groups, which are larger groups of people with organized structured leadership that then supersedes the authority of the family. So even if you do get to stay with your family, your family is no longer the controlling societal unit that you're working within. It's still the 12 tribes that's kind of taking over it. Now, also, these are typically organized by employment assignments based on where you are and what commune you're on and what group you are with. Because what they learned very quickly is that their farm can't support everyone. Not everyone's cut out for farming. And even functioning and firing all cylinders, they have to provide for the group and they're going to need money. It's impossible to just do it with the farm. So this is where they learn that people are their best resource. So they start to invest in factories and other local fields and logging companies. And they start to contract out their people as a built-in workforce. And who are they contracting out to? Oh, just like super famous brands like Estee Lauder back in 2001. Now, this is something we kind of covered on the last time we did this episode. But <laughs> Armando, do you have questions? I, I don't. You said like super famous brands. And this is something we had talked about before where I was I was ta- telling you about something that somebody told me. And I was like, yeah, her and I just live in different worlds. She knows about this company. And you were like, oh, Deloitte, this super yeah, famous Deloitte. company. Deloitte, the government contractor? Yes. Yeah, I don't fucking know, Paige. So you were like, yeah, famous places like SD Louder. And my brain was SD like, SD Louder. Mm, mm, uh, mm, of course, a- Suck Dick Louder, the famous <laughs> sucking dick corporation that everyone knows about. Estee Lauder is a very famous makeup and skincare brand uh, and the kind that's like sold in like the Macy's makeup section, not at the drugstore. Like, 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 you know, it's not your super fancy, but it's it used to be very, very fancy. It's still pretty fancy. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, Now, literally from the jump, from the time they started doing this, because remember, we left off with them in the 90s on the last episode dealing with some of these challenges this is only 2001 this is only a few years later from the jump people have raised alarm to their factory practices because guess who's working there children uh now 
the reason people start raising alarm about it is the same reason that we have mostly outlawed child labor in a lot of countries. Kids kept getting hurt. Now, at this point, we have to pause for a second to talk about their terrible relationship with medicine in the health world and how it relates to these children getting hurt. See, 12 Tribes is not completely anti-Western medicine. They just only use it as a last resort. They often give birth at home, and they often believe in herbal medicine, which is not completely bullshit. And as they expand across the world, they pick up ingredients and practices from the different cultures they meet. So they have a lot of holistic remedies that they rely on. But sometimes you just have to go to the fucking hospital. And that's where the problems start. Because what do hospitals do? Ask fucking questions. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. I wish they. Well, never mind. I was going to say, I wish they had hospitals that didn't ask questions, but I realized exactly why that's a bad idea. <laughs> it's a super like, bad idea. It's yeah. a super, super bad idea. Yeah. Um, you're supposed for a to, lot of reasons. You're supposed to go to a vet who has a sh- drinking problem and point a gun in his face and tell him. <laughs> Until he gotta, gives you. You got to save my man here. Okay. <laughs> Until he gives you the ketamine that you came there to steal. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or the gabapentin. You know, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to get some of that fucking horse dewormer. You know what I'm saying? Oh, iver, ivermectin? Yeah. It tastes fucking, like apples. It's Yeah. How do you like them apples? COVID, <laughs> you bitch. Tangy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> because hospitals ask questions, and specifically... If you're dealing with children who have sustained difficult injuries or traumatic injuries, mm-hmm. now you got a problem. And remember, they have children working in makeup factories as well as in their logging companies at the time. Oh, my God. And logging is dangerous even for adults. So let's get into it. It was not uncommon at the time for them to try and treat as much as they can at home to avoid the hospital in questions. And that's going to come up again later, so hold that thought. But that means that occasionally children who got hurt were either not treated to heal properly because they were treated at home or in really bad cases, they were left on the sidewalk outside the emergency room or they were sent there with adults who deliberately lied about how they got hurt. But again, it's the hospital and they see abuse a lot. And so eventually people start to raise alarm because they suspect that these are factory injuries, not just regular injuries. So in 2001... Yeah, my boy, you know, he was he was playing hide-and-go-seek, and he pulled the lever wrong, and the his, his arm got stuck in a machine. And, You're um, laughing, but like that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, doctor, look, I know it's uh, hard to believe, but can we kind of like wrap this up? My son's got a, a 12 a.m. shift at the old hide-and-seek factory. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. You know if there's any vets nearby? <laughs> now, specifically, if you're wondering about the cosmetics factories and what they do and, and like how this happens, they're packaging factories. So a lot of what these people are doing is there's a conveyor belt and they're just like screwing lids closed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot of it. There, I, I just referenced this earlier. My grandfather worked as, uh, I'm, you know what? I don't know the legalities of it, so I'm not going to say the name of the company. But he worked for a company that packaged carrots uh, like uh-huh. for, for sale or whatever. And he he worked on one of those conveyor belts and there was like some horrible accident and it like ruined his fucking legs forever. And he like had to be he, he was not allowed to work after that, which kind of like crushed him because he loved working with his hands and doing stuff. Um, but yeah, it, he was a grown ass fucking man who had done that job for years and he got hor- horribly injured doing this. It's, it's such a dangerous job. It is a dangerous job, and that's exactly why we outlawed it, because in the Industrial Revolution, where this was a lot more common, children were hurt all the time, especially because most of those machines are built for adults. So it's just a bad idea to have kids there in a factory. It's bad. So in 2001, 
they actually are raided at their New York cosmetics factory, but they basically just get a slap on the wrist. They somehow had some advance notice of the raid or they sensed it was coming. So they hide a lot of the children working there, but the publicity is still bad. And so they lose larger accounts like Estee Lauder at the time. So this causes them to change up their business practices. So they start burying their businesses under different names. This is how this is set up today. So if you go to the store near Yellow Deli, and I'm sure they have other stores, other places as well, they have a myriad of products that all seem like they're from a bunch of different companies. They aren't. It's all 12 tribes under a bunch of different names. Hmm. So this throws people off the scent for a while, specifically in the cosmetics business, which prompted a more recent investigation by Inside Edition. Because again, they have been around for a while, so this has continued for a while. In 2018, they didn't have time to hide the kids because it was an undercover camera operation where they sent a woman named Shua Jones in undercover. Now, we talked about Shua the last time we covered 12 Tribes, but I'll give you a recap. She was a former member who escaped at 15, and she escaped by running to a payphone at night with literally the clothes on her back, called her brother, who had already been out of the cult for a bit, and part of the reason he was out is because he was badly injured in a logging incident at the age of 10 while working for the group's logging business. Part of the challenge for her escaping was that she had not received adequate education. Many 12 tribes homeschooled their children, but the curriculum is largely biblically based and only includes the bare minimum for working in their business. So a lot of those homeschooled children complete their internal curriculum by the age of 12 because that's basically where the curriculum ends. At that point, they may choose to study more, although it's not super common, In Shua's case, she completed that curriculum by the age of nine and then went to work in the factories. So when she escaped, she had to then work very hard to get her GED because to her surprise, she had not learned any of the material for graduating junior high, let alone high school. So she and her brother and a few other hundred a couple hundred members across the country now run groups to help connect former 12 tribes members with employment opportunities and education when needed. And they have a very active Facebook group if you are attempting to leave this group. But as an adult, Shua has also gone on to work very hard to expose the labor violations within the group because she worked in that factory. She was in the factory in 2001 during the Estee Lauder raid. So in 2018, she volunteered to go undercover at the same cosmetics factory where she worked as a child. Uh, She wore an undercover camera and interviewed a 10-year-old girl working on the factory line, as well as her father, who on video, and you can watch this video online, it is readily available, he tells his daughter that it's okay to talk to Shua because she's not from the labor board. And that's when the girl basically admits that she's 10 years old. Although it's obvious because she's a 10-year-old girl. Yeah. So in I, the video... Oh, no, go ahead. I want to say I really appreciate all of the stuff that they're doing to make it easier for people to leave. Like all of that stuff is super, yeah. super, super great. But as the admin for like three different facebook groups how many how many days do you think there's just like uber specific memes that are posted that are like only made so so i back when we originally covered this the group existed back then and i was able to facebook had this feature where you could like peek at a group Mm -hmm. without officially joining it and lots of memes by the way oh my god (laughs) but but also a ton of like hey, we're hiring at this place if you need a job. Or, hey, we're having a GED study course if you need this. So, like, super useful, but also occasionally memes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. This stuff is super helpful, and it's invaluable to have a resource where you can connect with other people who who have gone through the same thing as you, but also who are like, there is life outside of this. Like, you're not completely fucked. There's people that want to help you. It's great. I just love the idea... That that amazing place that's helping people escape from cults is gonna post like a picture of like a shovel and it's like that face when you're ten 
10 years old or something, you know, like something um, real fucked. I mean, a lot. So a lot of the memes I saw, and again, this was almost five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the memes I saw were like, you know, you're in a cult win. Where ah, it's like gotcha. those kind of like, yeah. <laughs> if you're working in the factory when you're 10 years old, you might be a you cultist. You might be in a cult. Yeah. This whole episode brought to you by Jeff Foxworthy special. You might oh. be a comedian if. Yeah. 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 If if your meditation center collapses and kills four dogs underneath, you might be in a redneck cult. Um, <laughs> anyway. So. In the video, which you can view on Inside Edition's website, it is still there. The children on the video were packaging high-end lotions and skin creams. Again, very similar to what they did for Estee Lauder. uh, But they were for brands Acure and Savannah B. Uh, Acure is a skincare line. Savannah B is a series of like organic uh, lotions and things like that. And they're sold by well-known chain retailers in America, including but not limited to Whole Foods, <laughs> Amazon, Target, <laughs> and Walmart. Now, of course, none of those want to have obvious child labor on the books. They're cool as long as it stays hidden, clearly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But since Inside Edition published their, their study... All of them have severed ties since the investigation came out. And when they interviewed the brands like Acure and, and specifically Savannah B, neither of them knew that they were dealing with the 12 tribes. They said that they were dealing with a different company. And it was like Green Earth Collective or things that sound kind of like that, that they thought were trustworthy, but they were two or three companies deep because whatever the the fake organic company that they thought they were contracting with is a 12 tribe subsidiary, which then contracts to another company and then a third company. And that's how they end up there. If you're familiar with how fast fashion works, this is very similar. Um, I highly recommend John Oliver does uh, a whole episode on fast fashion and how groups like gap or express or old Navy will contract out their production overseas, but then they don't have oversight into where those people contract their operations overseas. And that's a huge issue. Yeah, I was talking with some coworkers the other day about um, some merchandise that we got. And uh, I said, oh, well, at least they're using Bella Canvas for this run or whatever. Right. And they went, uh, what does that mean? And I went, oh, well, you know, at least the blanks that they're this company that we're talking about, at least the blank that they're using is uh, slavery free. And everyone yeah. laughed and they went, what a low bar. And I was like, oh, actually not not as much as you think yeah it's yeah. it's fucking crazy the amount of just like child labor and sweatshop labor that goes into so much of the different uh companies that you know that you use it's it's wild and you always think like oh well not tar- target you're talking about the 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 place that had a, a dog with like a a thing on his eye like somebody was supposed to shoot the dog's eye out or whatever i don't know that mascot was fucked the if dog's name was it. bullseye anyway oh go god ahead. that dog was a shooting practice for somebody anyway um yeah it's just it's way more common than you think and it's really fucked watch that video but also just like look into that kind of shit you know it's fashion is Killing the environment and killing people. And it's really fucked. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it. if you're wondering about some supply chain issues for brands of clothing, this is partially why. Because depending on where you were getting your clothing from, it impacted how you could get it. It is and s- fucking impossible to get a yes. bulk order of fucking shirts that were made from people that are being paid a goddamn living wage. It is... Oh, sorry. Uh, you, uh, I, know I, you know, know. I know. I know. I know. But it's, it is... Everything is so fucked right now. And... Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no I mean, for... Uh, so, for... Um, 
for South by and a bunch of the stuff where I, I know I'm going to be on camera or, or seen places, I try to specifically wear things that are not fast fashion, which by the way, if you are plus size is very difficult to do because oh, yeah. a lot of brands don't make plus size clothing ethically. Uh, it's a bit of a challenge. Uh, but there are designers and stylists and people that are actively working to kind of change that. Um, and so I was specifically wearing clothing made ethically and most of it locally in Los Angeles. Uh, but it ain't cheap. It was like, I can afford to buy two dresses. And so I better hope that a, they both fit and B that this can work for what I need it to work for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, goddamn. Yeah. Thrift if you can and uh yeah. try to just second hand. Just try to figure out where stuff is coming from and I don't know. It's gonna bum you out <laughs> when you do it's it. It's gonna bum you out a lot. But it's it's gonna it, you're better for it in the long run. Or or alternate, learn how to sew and make your own garments. It is honestly super rewarding, very fun. Uh it's easy to find recycled fabric. Mm -hmm. That's actually like Finding recycled and reusable fabric is very, very easy and inexpensive to do in a lot of cases, depending on where you are and where you're sourcing it. Um, and that's a way to reuse things, but also have it fit you amazing. Now, if it takes some skill and some work, though. Now, just say. Now, if you're listening to two Los Angeles influencers tell you how you should dress, <laughs> you might be in a liberal cult. I mean, it's possible. But also, I, I... I've been making my own sweater. Can I show it to you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, wait. It's out in my car. Never mind. Um, <laughs> okay. I was well, because I took it to Andrea's house the other night to work on it. And then, then we just ended up hanging out and talking. Um, but yeah. So like, I, I don't know. It can be rewarding. It's not for everybody, mm -hmm. but it's just an option for you. And, you know, you gain a hobby and clothes. It's pretty great. Exactly. Uh, swap clothes with your friends. You know, um, a big thing I've been doing is following other plus size both creators and models mm -hmm. to basically be like okay where are they getting their clothes like how are they making them who are they repping yeah it's the whole I, thing i'm doing right now what i've been doing is i've been following uh uh bigger uh fatter dudes uh, mm -hmm. not on social media, just around. I see one just and around. I, I go, what store did you go into? Yeah. No, I don't talk to him. I go, Ooh, that's a good one. And then I stalk <laughs> him from the bushes and I follow him home. And, uh, and then when he's asleep, I break in and I steal his clothes. There you go. That's no waste. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I exactly. do have to waste the family because I am the new, oh. I am the new night stalker of Los Angeles. Oh, damn it. Yeah. But you're already running for mayor and you have like four <laughs> podcasts. When will you find the time? God, yeah. That, that's a sad realization is I couldn't even be a serial killer if I wanted to be, Paige. Ugh. I know. What kind of life? What kind of life? Anyway. <laughs> so obviously these investigations don't go unnoticed, especially in 2018. So similar investigations pop up overseas, and those prompt additional raids with additional problems. And the last time we covered the 12 tribes, we talked about a raid on a commune in Germany that successfully removed children from the group in 2013 because they were evidence that there was evidence that they were being caned on a regular basis. Um, Did you say caned? I said caned, God. beaten with canes. Damn. And... Remember, 12 Tribes has a policy of spare the rod, spoil the child. So physical punishments and corporal punishments are seen as a way to benefit you spiritually, regardless of your behavior. So it's one of those things where it's like, I am hurting you, but it will make you better, uh, which is not great. Uh, it's you're still hitting kids. Yeah. So don't don't do that. Um, yeah. I just, I guess I didn't realize that getting hit with a cane was called caned. Just the weapon they're using with a D on the end of it. Oh, not, not like a, like a, not like a walking cane, like cane reads. It's oh. a torture method in other parts of the world sometimes. Fuck, I'm uh, stupid. I was going to say then that means I was chonklet as a kid and that's You were chonklet as a kid. Um, <laughs> this is, I mean, you are very much too young to remember this. 
Um, but there is a news story about uh, Michael Peter Fay is his name. Um, and he was sentenced to six strokes of the cane in Singapore in 1994 because he stole road signs and vandalized 18 cars over a 10 day period in September of 1993. Um, and now granted, that's a lot of fucking vandalism. <laughs> like, yeah. He was an asshole. Um, but part of the punishment that was still in place in Singapore at the time was caning. And so it actually caused a temporary strain in relations between Singapore and the United States at the time. Uh, it was like a huge uh, news story. And he supposedly is scarred. I, I'm not sure what those scars look like now, but uh, retained some scarring from the experience. Bad all around. Yeah. Um, so I just want you to imagine the fact that something that could cause an international geopolitical problem was happening to children in 2013. Yeah, it's real bad. You shouldn't. Yeah. And also, like, I made a joke about chanclas, uh, but don't hit kids. You know, it's not yeah, good. It's kids. not going to help them at all. There are other constructive ways to discipline people. Yeah, like fucking to... anytime that your son does something bad, just go, just grab him by the wrist, walk him over to the living room, turn on 2K, and fucking dunk on that motherfucker, all right? <laughs> just fucking wipe the floor with his bitch ass. <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah. Wipe the floor with his bitch ass. Don't hit them. Don't hit them. But wipe the floor with their bitch fucking ass. Fucking beat them at a video game and then dance over them as they fucking lose. And then do what my dad did and just like fucking slam dunk in a video game and then turn to your child and go, yeah, that's how I fucking dunked on your mom, dude. Jeez. Anyway, just <laughs> don't hit children. Let's just say don't hit kids. No, um, the only beating you should be doing is beating them at 2K. Yeah. Since we reported last time, in 2020, one of their communes in Australia was raided. And it was raided by police so that they could dig for the bodies of stillborn babies at two of their communes. Rem remember when I told you to keep it in the back of your mind about them giving birth at home? Yeah. Um, they had seen a high number of stillbirths within the group. Um which prompted them to investigate because a lot of them were home births. Uh, they uncovered a number of graves at one of the properties, which had no running water and giving birth in a place with no running water makes it very difficult to sanitize things. Now the property they found was actually limited to places for members to go while they were questioning their beliefs to exile them from the rest of their group. So essentially there were pregnant women there without the adequate help or sanitation protocols that they needed. And those babies potentially died. They are still investigating if there are other bodies on that compound. And this is not unique to that compound because remember when I said that they complete most medical things at home, this includes prenatal care and childbirth. And here's the thing. I'm not going to knock people choosing home births, but there are right and wrong ways to do it. And there are precautions that you should take when you do that because it can be dangerous without trained professionals in place because it's also dangerous in a hospital. Like it, there is danger both places. So if you're going to give birth at home, make sure that you A, have the ability to sanitize and give birth safely and that you have professionals helping you because- it's tough to do on your own. And C, make sure that you have NBA 2K downloaded on your PS4. Yeah, just in case that baby act up. Yeah, So. Exactly. Oh, what, my baby has jaundice? Grab it by the wrist, slam <laughs> it in 2K, baby! Now, 12 tribes widely encourages home births, and when they go wrong, the outcome can be bad because they're not necessarily eliciting any outside help. So you're limited to the people with birthing experience within the group. Mm. And there are stories of women being left on the sidewalk at the ER after an unsuccessful home birthing experience. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do they have like a fucking like shuttle bus? Like, OK, whoever's injured today, get in the bus. We're going to leave you on the fucking curb. Unmarked van. In oh, my God. Stories. Yeah. Uh, or worse, 
Uh, there is both evidence and stories of large numbers of stillborn children or babies who passed away during complications with childbirth because people did not call for help when it was necessary. As much as I respect people's choice to choose to have home births, there can be complications, even in a hospital too, where you need immediate medical attention and sometimes immediate surgical attention. And so if you're going to have a home birth, Typically, if you have an experienced doula, they usually either have a connection with the hospital or have a like a safe word almost of like, at this point, we call the hospital (laughs) like there is a limit to what we can do if you're bleeding out and we want to try and save both of you. And if you don't act in time, people can die. And that's what's happened. So. As the Australian police dug up both of those compounds, not only did they find evidence of essentially stillborn children, but they were unreported births. So these are children that no one knew ever happened. They don't have any records. There's no birth record. There's no social security. There's nothing. There's no indication that they were born, which begs to question. Of the children who survive, How many of them have records? How many of them have birth certificates and social security documents? And if you're one of those people where they have limited your access to documentation, imagine trying to go to school or get a job or try to escape or get a driver's license. Any of those things become infinitely more difficult when you don't have documents that say that you exist. So... This can be an even bigger problem when escaping. It's something that Shua ran into as well. And it's a problem that extends beyond just this issue of childbirth because the reluctance to call for help becomes a factor in Colorado in 2021. The sheriff of Boulder County, a man named Joe Pele, I believe it's pronounced Pele, P-E-L-L-E, He remarked at a news briefing that they were investigating a property owned by the 12 tribes uh, because they believed that it might have sparked part of the fire in Colorado after they had ruled out the possibility of downed power lines. This started as a social media discussion before it came to the police because right around the same time the Marshall Fire began spreading, there was a video of a structure on fire on the 12 tribes compound. There was no fire department called to that structure fire ever. And the investigation is still ongoing. And it is possible that this is completely unrelated two separate fires that happened at the same time. But here's the problem. That structure catches fire seemingly before the rest of the fire and no authorities were notified of this fire until they saw it on social media. The group attempted to extinguish it, extinguish it themselves, and they are eventually successful. But it's believed that the reason that they did this was to avoid having the fire department on their property. As we just covered about the other raids, there may be weird shit around that they don't want the fire department to see. But the problem is, it takes them a lot longer to extinguish that fire than the fire department would have. And there was wind that day. So they're trying to see if sparks from that fire that they allowed to continue for too long without calling the fire department caused sparks and kindling to travel, which destroyed 900 homes and killed at least two people. Uh, Actually, I think it's actually higher now. Uh, They were still looking for two people, I should say. They're, They're saying currently no fatalities, but there are still two people missing. Oh, my God. Um, oh, they did identify one of them, a 69-year-old resident of Boulder. So we have one confirmed, another one's still missing. But this wouldn't be the first time that something like this has happened. Because just a year prior, in 2020, a 17-year-old boy was charged with the murder of one of the high-up 12 tribes' leaders, a man named Chen Zarnecki, who was 64 at the time, because he died in a deliberately lit fire on a rural northern South Wales commune. Now, this is in Australia. um, And the boy allegedly lit the fire after a controversial interview that uh, Chen Sarnecki gave with uh, Current Affair, which is a, a media outlet in Australia. And he discussed in detail his three decades 
of working with the 12 tribes, leaving out things like the raids and the abuses and the factories and everything. And the 17-year-old boy was obviously a victim of that and therefore deliberately lit a fire to burn him to death, which they then had to put out. But now they have a magnifying glass on them and their operations, both overseas and in America. And I anticipate further investigations as that happens, but also something else happened. Remember Eugene Spriggs, a.k.a. Yonek, a.k.a. the Anointed One? Mm-hmm. Well, he failed to protect his Yonek uh, on, Jul- <laughs> on January 11th, 2021, uh, at the age of 83. He died of natural causes. Um, that's, in my, one of, that's my birthday. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it happened in North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, on one of their compounds, and they actually did obtain a death certificate for him, which is not always the case. So that was a little unusual. Um, but the question is, where does that leave the 12 tribes with multiple investigations ongoing and without a leader? Well, first of all, there were leaders under Yonek, as we just covered with the one in Australia that was murdered. Um, so the group will likely continue, but with the intense scrutiny of multiple world governments on their operations, things will either need to change or shut down completely. And without a new leader at the helm, it's a little unsure as to what will happen. The flip side of this is that their businesses are successful. They have obtained other beauty contracts. They have multiple yerba mate farms and companies. They sell seasoning, spices, fabrics, and even meats. And that's not counting any of their restaurant businesses, contracted logging, contracted farming, factory work, and just general contractor services. The group could continue with only adult labor. They wouldn't be as effective and they wouldn't make as much money, but it's possible. And it's part of why whenever I'm near them, I'm so keen to go poke around their bakery and their restaurant. And I did see what looked like older teenagers, but completely legal, no children. But more people need to keep poking around and seeing what's going on. Yeah. My hope is that they eventually get rid of all child labor, that they view it as too risky and they make changes, or that they become purely a business enterprise and no longer a a cult collective. But who knows? We'll just have to kind of keep paying attention to it and keep an eye out for that docu-series that's supposed to come out later this year. Yeah. Jesus, man. I I remember when the um when the fire happened in Colorado. Uh mm-hmm. because well, Andrea and I have a friend who lives in Colorado who was affected. Uh mm-hmm. and like Andrea had other friends too that like lost their homes. And yeah. uh some of the members from uh uh, uh Idiots and Abroad, the podcast that, that some of my coworkers do, um, they were in Colorado when it happened and they were basically like stuck in traffic for hours as they were trying to like divert people away and eventually they went to like uh, a grocery store and there was somebody there and they were like yeah we're just you know shopping for stuff since you know everything's gone gotta completely start over like it's fucking i don't know it's fucking horrifying 900 homes is a fucking lot of homes God, I can't imagine, and I hope everyone is doing okay. And also, look, um, I gotta come clean about something. Uh, we made a lot of jokes on this podcast, but I want to say, absolutely wiping the floor with your kid's bitch ass in two K is a form of abuse. In, in, <laughs> and we shouldn't do it. Of course, not. and you know, in nineteen ninety eight. You know, there was that case from Singapore where that they were like, hey, your punishment is you're going to get your fucking ass whooped, dude, in fucking Madden. And remember how bad we all reacted to that. 2K is no better than Madden. Don't whoop your kid's ass in a video game. Oh, man. <sighs> well, that was the 12 tribes. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I know this was sad and depressing. No, no, it's. I'm glad that we got to do it again. One, because now I get to experience it. Um, yeah, yeah, because you didn't get to the first time. No, no, I've just had their amazing sandwiches and uh, known about them for years. Man, that's. 
it's so weird when you like because I, I knew about them before i started doing the podcast and i remember like somebody said some weird thing about them and i was like what the sandwich shop that we go to after work what are you talking about that's mm-hmm. insane and then i started like looking into it and again this is before i was doing the podcast before i would research anything my life was like i would wake up i would smoke a blunt i would go work at a t-shirt shop smoke another blunt then go out to eat with my coworkers at Yellow Deli and then go home and play like Grand Theft Auto. Like I had nothing going on. And then I started digging into this thing and finding out they were like a cult. And I felt like I was in an investigative mystery movie where I was like, oh my God, oh, Yellow Deli. And then they tried to like convince us to come to their compound. And there was a part of me that was like, what if I could be the inside man? What if I could bring it all down? Um, and then I didn't. <laughs> and then I, I mean, to be honest, I I would say don't give them your inform. Don't go to the compound. Don't give them your information. Uh, don't don't risk them having a way to contact you. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So we've heard horror stories about people in different groups. Uh, um, Unrelated to the story, by the way, uh, just in, in, to, to interject, I, I, I have had conversations with people who uh, were starting to become members of Scientology, that mm-hmm. group that's unrelated to any kind of cult or whatever. Yeah, of course not. Um, and uh, I had a conversation with that person. Anyway, just a random interjection that has nothing to do with the rest of the story. Uh, so I talked to somebody and basically they said that they were starting to become a member of a cult. Mm-hmm. And uh, even after they moved and changed their number and like did all this stuff, information and packets and mail from this very large group would mm-hmm. somehow find them. And there would only be like two weeks delay. They're not notifying anyone of this. They didn't do like a change of address and their mail got forwarded. It's like straight up written to the new address. They're yeah. contacting them on their new phones. Like it's. Don't give any group your information ever. Except also, Unarius. Unarius is pretty safe. Yeah, but like Unarius everybody is, else, don't. Unarius you know. is probably pretty chill. But it, just don't give your information to anybody. And again, just completely unrelated from the last conversation. When I went to Scientology and took that IQ test, I gave them a bunch of fake information uh, of a person that doesn't exist at an address that isn't real. So. There you go. You're good. Just don't. Ugh, don't do it anyway 12 tribes is a fucking crazy story um if you have a chance go try their sandwich and uh i don't know steal one of the waiters bring him back home with you adopt them it's a stray there you go well i mean i i i would say uh if they try to talk to you uh you know you can ask questions leading questions to make them maybe question where they're at but also understand that like it's not easy to leave this group no, it's really not. And and for for some people, it can be very difficult because they're seeing it as a group that's meeting their day to day needs, which is always the most challenging part of why people join groups like this is that there's a tangible real life need in their life for something that this cult solves for them. And that's a very difficult bond to break. And, and sometimes it's very difficult to identify what that is and why that's happening. Yeah, and remember how we talked about the fact that these people are not given an opportunity to save up enough money to go and leave and fund their own life yeah. after this. It's extremely difficult to leave, and that's why the thing that they're doing with the Facebook groups are so amazing because it's giving people an opportunity, but even that doesn't guarantee, you know, that y- your safety and and stability on the outside. So, um it's hard damn it's fucking hard damn it sucks uh and i'm trying to think of a joke but i can't come up with one so i'll just say thank you for listening and thank you for being here with us thank you thank you thank you thank you um hey listen if you want to support the show that we make and the stuff that we do uh then you should go to uh patreon.com slash cult podcast yay air horns indeed um mm-hmm. go check out uh the stuff that we are doing and go help us make the show thank you so much uh hey if you're looking for a new place to listen to our show and other content may we suggest rooster tea cock-a-doodle-doo yeah. 
Uh, Rooster Teeth is a great place to find a bunch of very fun shows. They've got shows like Red Web. They've got like Black Box Down, Ship Hits the Fan. A new show that's coming out, I think, in the next few weeks, 30 Morbid Minutes with Elise Willems and Jessica Vasami. Um, a lot of really, really fun podcasts, but all of them pale in comparison to the, to the fucking Goliath that is cult podcast, the fucking queen of comedy, true crime podcasts, cult podcast. (laughs) We are number one. We are the giant Kool-Aid pitcher running through the walls of other podcasts. Exactly. Everyone else can go fuck themselves. But if you want to listen to them, that's cool too. Uh, You can go to roosterteeth.com. You can also download the app on your Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku television, your Xbox, um, and especially on your mobile device. Go check it out. There's a bunch of really fun stuff. Uh, Hey, if you want to get in contact with me, it's very easy. I am on social media and all platforms at Mondo Does Stuff. M A N D O Does Stuff, all one word. I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I do Twitch streams at Twitch TV dot or Twitch TV slash Mondo Does Stuff. Uh, I've got shows. Check out Instagram. Thank you. I love you. Good night. Forever. Goodbye. Mwah. <laughs> forever jeez forever and that was the last time we ever heard from him is he plugged his tiktok and then he died it's fucking crazy <laughs> i mean i heard on tiktok that that guy died i just thought it was like a year and a half ago uh <laughs> hey uh it's your girl i'm here every week uh much like mondo i got shows in different area codes hey yo um, hey yo uh I am in Santa Ana at Proof Bar on April 4th. Uh, I'm in Irvine at the Irvine Improv opening for Jeff Ross May 14th. Uh, But in between that, if you are in the Los Angeles area, and also this week as well, and you want to see me, keep an eye on my Instagram. I'll be doing a lot of shows trying to uh, tape some sets for something cool. Uh, That's all I can really say about it. but yes, if you are local and you want to see me, you're probably going to have a lot of opportunities currently. Just keep an eye on Instagram, specifically Instagram stories. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Rampage Wesley. Also on TikTok. On Twitter, it's at Page Wesley. Uh, and I uh, love you. Thank you. Bye. Mean it. You can also follow our show on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us uh, makeup made by children, don't do that. <laughs> don't no, make your children make makeup. What are you doing? Unless it's like ethically made and it's just like a bunch of uh, uh, watercolor markers on like duct tape or whatever. You know how like a child's like, I'm going to give you a makeover, Uncle Mondo. Yes. And then they make mm-hmm. you look, f- they just like fill in your unibrow and they're like, ah, it's beautiful. Mwah. Alternately, if you're a grown-up that makes makeup or beauty products, I will take those from you. If you want to send them, you could send them to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like The Shining, Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And that applies to more than just like regular ass makeup. If you're a VFX artist and you can make it look like somebody shot my eye, like I'm the dog from Target, you know fucking get at me boy if you make like artisanal beard oils or some shit Uh, yeah all right get at me still yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna look a gift oil in the mouth that's all i'll say thank you so much um and i think for this one i'm gonna say don't drink yerba mate made by kids (laughs) uh and don't drink the kool-aid bye